2: SportsGrid.com, betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering, real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in. It is the
3: early line. It's hour number two on a Friday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside folks were very busy today. There's a lot to get to. And the NFL, there are really only two headlines that we highlighted. But what I realized during our seven and seven is we, I care about one more than Donnie cares. And he cares more about one than I care. So we might do a little tag team thing here. Well, I'll let him handle one piece of news and I'll handle the other. Or... In very Donnie style, he's going to rocket blast this segment. We'll be lucky to even get to half of what's on his mind with this first story, and we'll figure out the rest as we go. The Lamar Jackson latest. Okay, so, Lamar, I can't – I'm so tempted to let you tell people what's going on, but you will fill in so many details with your own speculation I can't. So, folks, I'm going to tell you what's what's been reported – And then Donnie's just going to say a whole bunch of stuff that will kind of elevate the situation. The the base of it, though, is the NFL sent out a memo memo to teams saying, stop talking to Ken Francis. He's not a certified agent who's trying to talk to teams on behalf of Lamar. Lamar then said, stop lying. That's not happening. And Ken Francis has also reached out to ESPN to deny the claims that he is doing this. The side note is, Ken Francis is Lamar's business partner, and yesterday Lamar Jackson did announce that he's starting to sell now a travel gym kit, which somehow feels relevant to this whole thing. That's where we're at. I, I think, Donnie, I think that's where we're at right now. What's the deal?
4: Yeah, I, I, by the way, the gym kid is kind of genius because when the Baltimore Ravens lock you out of the facility, you're going to need to take a mobile gym unit to try to get some workouts in and try to stay healthy uh, before you play. Stone, huh? But here's my favorite part about the whole thing. like My sources are telling me now that if you yeah. are Lamar Jackson, should you reach out to, you know, Phil Swift from Flex Seal? Maybe he can make some phone calls around the league here. <laughs> Hi, Phil Swift from Flex Seal here. By the way, would you like to plug this leak? And also Lamar Jackson, $300 million. Yeah, come on now. I mean, Lamar, get real with this. Get an agent, get a P- our firm let's get back in the room here let's get the Ravens heads together do you want to trade not trade what are the numbers to work out because I can't read this through Twitter but by the way I gotta say like a huge smile came onto my face when just some random Florida man is calling up around the league (laughs) to try to hype up interest for Lamar Jackson only for Lamar to deny this report and then minutes later put out some home gym that's going to be sold on QVC as his business partner I don't know what to believe here but the 30 for 30s like to say the 40 for 40, this is going to be great. If Lamar Jackson ever sits down and lets us know exactly what's going on, I will love it. But at the same time, I'm here for this. This is providing endless content every day because I don't know where it begins. What is the next invention that is going to... Like the George Foreman grill is not going to be the Lamar Jackson (laughs) grill tomorrow, and that guy's going to be making phone calls around the NFL on Lamar Jackson's terms. We're not talking about Kevin. Hey, he's looking to get back in the league. One year, three million. He's looking to become the highest paid player of all time, and yet Phil Swift from Flex Seal is calling teams. Come on, man.
3: So Okay, so here is my... If they sent out the memo, right, you would have to think there is some validity to it. Lamar's denied it. Ken Francis has denied it. I don't want to just naively be like, see, it's not true. What I don't understand, though, is the world where Lamar Jackson is under the impression he does not need an agent. But you know what, Ken, business partner, Ken, you can talk to these teams. That doesn't make any sense. Radio audiences here, you know the it's the early line in Sirius XM and on channel 159. I don't understand the 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 thought where Lamar goes, "Don't need an agent. That's useless." To, hey Ken, if you want to talk to teams on my behalf, that's cool. That doesn't make any sense. Which is kind of why I understand the thing. But here's now, did Ken Francis call teams on his own? That'd be wild. crazier things have probably happened where maybe Ken told me, I didn't really think I called the commanders. That's crazy. I didn't call the commanders. He's deleting his phone history there, though, because he actually did. Maybe that... This is why, though, this is all very frustrating for me. Lamar Jackson could very well end up on a new team as their franchise quarterback, and we simply spend no time talking about any team... And their interest in Lamar. We talk about teams that are not interested. We talk about crying laughing emojis. We talk about the fact that they have no interest in adding any wide receivers in Baltimore. And now we talk about his gym partner slash business partner. Can we please, just once, the best we got was the Colts might think about being interested in Lamar. Can we please, Donnie, on Monday morning, just come onto this show and be like, wow, sources said the Cardinals are going to take a call, are going to call Lamar Jackson. Can we get something in that direction it would be nice though. It really would be.
4: But the simple fact of the matter is like Lamar Jackson is tweeting out like buy this home gym while I'm trying to negotiate my contract and see if I can get back into the NFL. It's fantastic again from a content perspective. I eat this stuff like what's coming up next? We don't know. But you know this is how it went down. Like Lamar's working with another business guy out there. Hey Lamar, man, how is that contract going here? Like it's not going that great. I would like to have more interest. You know, I'm a great hype man here. Let me make a few phone calls for you only to get slapped by the NFL goes, oh, hold on." we got a random guy making phone calls around the league. But Lamar Jackson actually's playing off like, I don't know who this guy is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm a business partner with him. Buy this home gym. Fantastic.
3: But also, who did Ken Francis call? Were those teams interested? Did Ken Francis do well? There's more information, people. We'll be back
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play
1: When it
5: comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
3: All right, here's the deal. We have college basketball to get to. We have two South games. But we have plenty of time. So we're going to get to everything. I refuse to not bring up the Ezekiel Elliott thing. I will, though, allow just if you have anything else on Lamar that you would like to acknowledge, because I know that you, quite frankly, would have liked to do a full blowout one-hour breakdown on the ken francis latest any just anything else with you on the lamar situation
4: no i I, all i would like from lamar jackson is if again it doesn't have to be a half hour you know 2020 interview per se but just let's hear from lamar somebody catch him at like a celebrity softball game what's really going down lamar here take a minute with me or two to explain look nobody's representing me i take every phone call couple teams have called me. We're not there yet. Hopefully, we'll get there. I'm like, okay, good. That puts it to bed. But just like a, an emoji, a random contract number, a mm. business partner, it's all kind of add up. And, again, I'm not complaining from a content standpoint because it gives us something every day to talk about.
3: But sometimes you just would like some clarity. Like, okay, here's where we stand. I just don't – So yeah, like, Oh, Ken Francis reached out to these teams. And I know that now there's like the denying that it happened and what – Which is, who did he talk to? Did Ken Francis reach out first? Were these teams instructed to reach out to Ken Francis? If it actually happened. I just would like to know that there are actively teams talking about Lamar. Because I'm sorry if I struggle to believe that no teams in the NFL actually want Lamar as their quarterback. Which is what I'm supposed to believe right now. There might be no teams that want Ezekiel Elliott as their running back. Genuinely, I... I think the Zeke story is 10 times better than the the Ken Francis thing. We got a tweet that said Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed down his three possible teams that he will join to the Philadelphia Eagles, the New York Jets, and the Cincinnati Bengals. And I saw that list. And as an Eagle fan, I went, wow, the Eagles are interested in Zeke. I'm a little surprised by that. But I said, Zeke, you know, being down to those three teams, I, I see the vision, right? All are supposed to be very competitive, if you're the Jets, you're kind of doing this. We'll take as many stars as come available, whether they're uh, relevant or not. You could see the vision. Cincinnati moving on from Joe Mixon potentially. Uh, okay, right. All, all that made sense. And then, and then we got the Eagles' report, which was that the Eagles have no interest in Ezekiel Elliott whatsoever because they've already made running back room moves and, and they don't want Zeke. Which then led to the follow-up reporting. After the beat reporters told us, here's who Zeke's going to play for. Oh, by the way, that that actually uh, is not a, a list of options necessarily. That's just what Zeke would like to see play out. Either being an Eagle, a Jet, or a Bangle. Which is madness. Ezekiel Elliott just narrowed down his list to three teams with, without talking to anybody? W- w- I don't want to... Like, if the Bills were interested, he wouldn't want to be a Buffalo Bill. You mean... it? If the Chiefs were interested, he wouldn't want to be a chief. Is he going to retire if his only option is going and being a backup to Brian Robinson in Washington? I don't. How did we possibly get Zeke's narrowed his list down to three teams before anybody had talked to Ezekiel
0: Elliott?
4: The answer is simple. Ken Francis is handling the negotiations for Ezekiel <laughs> Elliott as well as Lamar <laughs> Jackson. Apparently, good at this pop. point, right? That's like, a good point. I love this because Schefter tweets that out, and my mind starts racing on. Howie Roseman really reached out and was like, "Hey, you want to come over here to Philadelphia? We got a spot for you." And then I'm thinking, like, well, yeah. what is actually the spot that he has? Like, Penny is much younger and much more. I don't want reliable is <laughs> not the right word because he gets injured, but that's the upside that you want. What's yeah. the upside on Zeke Elliott? Not much here. You have Gainwell. You just signed Boston Scott. Maybe you're drafting a running back here coming and moving forward. But the tweet came out to make it sound like I have three offers on the table. Let me take 24 hours to figure out where I want to go. And the Eagles immediately go, like, yeah, I mean, this is a great report here, but we don't reach out to Zeke. We've never talked to him. We don't want Zeke here, but go about your business at this point. It's great how some agents can get the ear of some of the biggest guys in the industry to sort of put their business out there, but it read as if. Three offers are in. He's down to make his decision. And I, maybe the, I bet the Jets didn't even talk to him or the Bengals didn't even talk to him. Just drumming mm-hmm. up that interest. But again, from an Eagles perspective, Eagles-Cowboys rivalry would be hilarious. Because to me, I figure like the, the new age Cowboys fan, their hero, the poster over their bed, let Zeke eat. They can't imagine in a million years that he might score a touchdown for the Philadelphia Eagles against the Dallas Cowboys. That would be unbelievable theater.
3: Which, in some way, that alone would be worth it, but also not really. Like, we did the DeMarco Murray thing, so it's fine. Like, we experienced that. By the way, if the Jets sign Ezekiel Elliott, I think they should then also be obligated to sign Namdi Asamwa so he can just run Mm. in and call them the dream team unnecessarily Mm -hmm. and put a big curse on that football team. I mean, you start, I mean, Vince Young is the backup quarterback. I mean, and you're really, I mean, I'd rather Vince Young be my backup than Zach Wilson at this rate uh, right now if I had my options. The the last thing I'll say with, with Zeke, I don't think Zeke is much of an odds changer at this point despite being a really, really big name. If Derrick Henry gets moved, that'll shift things. If Austin Eckler gets moved, I think that'll move things, not as much as Derrick Henry, but I think that would move some things. I don't think Zeke land on any of those teams or any team anywhere. Like the Bills everybody's waiting for the Buffalo Bills to do something at running back and then they just like signed Damian Harris, which is like a fine move, right? But even if the if the Bills yeah. would have signed the big splashy name with Zeke, I don't think that's ooh, hold on a minute. Let's, let's get these Bills odds on the move. Be like, "Ah, he's the third running back on the depth chart here." Zeke right now is a lot more name than substance and that's probably been the case for a little bit.
4: Yeah, a journeyman running back at this point is what we're pointing out. Now, granted, Zeke's had some incredible numbers with the Dallas Cowboys, but he's taking a beating and over the past two seasons, that knee injury has really flared up. Now, if he's healthy next year, can he help somebody? I guess. The one thing that he does very well, Kevin, is pick up the blitzes on third down, so a competent back that you can trust. But you're right. It, it's not a mm-hmm. needle mover. It's not like, you know, again, as you brought up the Buffalo Bills, if the Bills got Zeke, the missing piece, now they're ready to go on a run. Like, no. It seems like, you know, it, it really feels like Zeke is going to end up with like the, Texans or something like that. Just a team like off the radar, not all that impressive. He's going to get a couple carries, but it won't matter all that much. That's what I feel now. I don't think he's going to a prominent organization looking to make that playoff push and he's the missing piece as if he's going to be the first down and second down back for that organization. That's not happening.
3: Yeah, look, you know, we might as well we spent enough time on NFL. The, the one we weren't going to get to today. I thought I figured it would honestly be handled by the time we were back on Monday, but the We did finally get Hopkins teams, or a little more substance around that. Uh, They said that Buffalo and Kansas City are interested. They said the Ravens are Mm not. Look, the Ravens right now are are flirting with being like a clown organization to me and me just rooting against them in the way that Donnie would root against the Patriots because they were making knuckleheaded decisions is how I feel about Baltimore currently. If Buffalo does bring in Hopkins, that's an odds changer there. And it's exactly what you and I had talked about just the other day with the fact that Hopkins goes into Buffalo, a team like Buffalo, where is he the number one? It's a debate. Most people would say it's not even a debate, and it's clearly Stefan Diggs. That's all positive, though. The fact that Hopkins can finally go somewhere and have, again, at minimum, a counterpart on the other side of the field, that's the type of stuff that would get people very, very excited in Buffalo.
4: Oh my goodness, like Gabe Davis is your third wide receiver, and then obviously Stephon Diggs, which you're trying to double team here. You got New Hopkins on the other side. And also, when you're taking a look at Hopkins, you would have to love this. Hopkins is the master of one-on-one mm-hmm. jump ball, go up and get it. Josh Allen throwing that football 60 yards downfield. I mean, that is a dream come true. When I heard the Buffalo Bills, that made sense. But also, you could see Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs one-upping and getting Hopkins. He's going to be a factor. He's going to make a lot of money, but he's going to make a major impact, unlike, as we just talked about, Zeke Elliott.
3: And if the Chiefs bring him in, they're currently 6-1. to I think they'd go to about 5-1. to I think that's the level of excitement that would exist there for a guy like a Deion. Hopkins, to me, has juice. If you put him on one of any of like the five best teams in football, it's like, oh my goodness, over the top, yeah. how did they even make this happen? Yeah. It, it gets multiplied if he lands on a, a Chiefs, a Bills, a Niners, just teams in that elk. I them. think that's how you would see it play not out. The, Absolutely so. Look, uh, we got the South region coming up here. Two games to break down. That's next
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play It's literally a dead end.
5: But for professional advice, a REMAX agent actually knows best.
0: Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here.
5: REMAX is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.
3: Bring it to the south region here where Alabama is a minus-145 favorite to win this region and make the final four. Creighton's the second option there at plus-175, and that's because these teams are big favorites uh, in their games today. SDSU San Diego State's plus-650, to 25-1 on Princeton to keep the magic going here. We'll start this off with Alabama and San Diego State. The Crimson Tide are a 7.5-point favorite. The total for this game is 1375 half. Uh, The lines are near mirror images, actually, of that game we talked about earlier with Houston and Miami. I know you have that Bama ticket. How do you feel about their matchup with San Diego State?
4: I feel it's it's a good matchup for them because, again, San Diego State is a very good basketball team, but Alabama is the cream of the crop here because when we're taking a look at, Kevin, from a defensive perspective, number three overall in the nation in efficiency here. Effective field goal percentage, number one overall. How about defending the three-point line, Kevin? 28%, which is good for number three in the country. And how about this? 12th in the country at chasing you off of the three-point line. Does it get any easier inside? Why? They're the best defensive team inside the arc, number one overall, only giving up 40%. It's hard to score against them. Now, as I say that, you might say to yourself, well, you're probably not giving San Diego State all that much of a chance. I think there's a chance they can hang around. I don't think they win, but I do think San Diego State can score. You say, Donnie, you just went over the defensive footprint there for Alabama. doesn't sound like anybody scores against them. You have to also understand that San Diego State is a quality offensive team, not ranked in the top 25, but I don't think that matters here because why, Kevin? You're going to get more looks at the rim, more looks at three-point shots than you might have had as playing a team that would like to slow it down because Alabama plays with incredible tempo. So if you're looking from an Alabama perspective in this game, Kevin, they're not coming and going, hey, you know what? Let's walk the ball up the court here because that would make sense against San Diego State. You want to get San Diego State out of their comfort level and make them force the tempo, which is usually great for both sides in scoring. I know Alabama is going to score the basketball. I know Alabama does play pretty good defense, but I just think if I'm looking from a timing perspective and a point scoring perspective from San Diego State, I think they can get their team total here and they might not even stay within the number in order to do that. I just see more possessions here for San Diego State. They're a quality ball club. They'll be able to get into the 60s. Yeah,
3: I, I hear you on that. For me, as I try and find the sample size or or, or games or opponents that would be relevant here mm-hmm. from that San Diego State schedule, it's difficult again, right? Playing in the Mountain West, how many teams could you really yeah. say, ooh, that's Bama adjacent? The one thing that I, I remembered from when San Diego State matched up against Charleston is the conversation around pace. Charleston is a fast team, and, you know, San Diego State, far slower. How would that style clash work out there? And ultimately, uh, Alabama, or excuse me, rather San Diego State, was able to keep Charleston underneath that team total and win that game. However, they had struggled prior to teams that ran at a very, very high tempo. In New Mexico, twice, and Arizona. And the difference between New Mexico and Arizona is they are much better than Charleston offensively, efficiency-wise. Alabama obviously fitting the description much closer to New Mexico and Arizona. And in the three games that they played against those teams, no covers. And as far as being elite defensively, again, what checks in from that San Diego State schedule? Arkansas, St. Mary's. Also no covers. Alabama, to me, is just much better than San Diego State. You're right, Donnie. This could very well – the San Diego State team total can get there and Alabama can still rock this team. I am tempted to just take the Bama team total for, again, what you've kind of lined up here. If, if if SDSU is able to get over their number, maybe it's a bit tighter. But the Crimson Tide, while they've had a mixed bag of, of – Uh, results against the elite defenses that they've played, and there are plenty in the SEC. Some of those teams, they absolutely routed. We saw hang numbers on Miss State, hang numbers on Arkansas here. I'm very tempted by an Alabama team total, a number that checks in at around 72 and a half.
4: Yeah, and we're both taking a look at team total to the over, and yet Alabama, number three in efficiency, San Diego State, number six in efficiency. Now, granted, they're national numbers, and it's sort of dictated by who you play, and as you pointed out, much mm-hmm. tougher schedule for Alabama going through than San Diego State, so I do think that makes a ton of sense here, but also, just looking at the game flow itself, you're right. Like Alabama would have to play really poorly to not at least be stick around, because the chance of San Diego State running away by double digits in this game, very low. So if we're trying to take a look at what makes sense here look at Alabama too and also some things that the coaches let you in on Kevin we talk about that opening round game you say to yourself I don't understand man Brandon Miller didn't score any points in that game but still they scored into the 90s the second game inefficient but getting close to 20 points Oates comes out and says you know what you know I'm happy with here Brandon Miller feels way better this weekend than he did last weekend. That is massive news to get because if you're talking about a guy still struggling to get back on the court and not finding his rhythm, that's one thing, but at least, you know, it looks like he's on the mend and from a psychological standpoint, if you're getting a full gas Brandon Miller in this game, or maybe he wasn't last weekend, but still good enough to drop close to 20 points, that's encouraging for Alabama fans.
3: I want to bet Brandon Miller props towards the over. His results against elite defenses up and down. The number tonight, though, 17 and a half. He mm-hmm. has cleared that prop while playing poorly in the past. He did it against Maryland there. If he's hot, he can easily score 30. It doesn't matter the opponent. That's what happens when you're talking about a kid that's going to end up going top five and likely in next year's NBA draft. I don't think I'm going to be able to actually get there on his props. I am. Likely to play Javon Quinterly's unders. Now, it's a little tricky. JQ's Mm -hmm. over-under for points is 12 and a half. He doesn't even average nine points per game on the season. So it wasn't very surprising to me that his performances against elite defenses throughout this year all trended under. It's somebody who right now is riding a hot hand and is seeing the number elevate. All of that, to me, I think could provide a little bit of value on that under uh, for the Javon Quinterly prop. Any props you want to get to in this game, or should we move over to Creighton and Princeton?
4: Yeah, we'll move over to Creighton and Princeton
3: in this one. We'll handle that in the pick six. That's that's perfectly fine by me. Look, I will say this one last time. It is very annoying that we cannot bet this game. As I went to go break (laughs) this game down, I had energy Uh sapped out of me. I had to take a minute, yeah, I, I, I had to regroup myself, maybe hit the fridge, maybe grab a little snack, a little energy boost there, and then came back and, and got after this game. Knowing that, for me, it's a useful exercise. Don if, Donnie, when, when we you know take the time to do this, obviously we're doing it for you, we're doing it for us. but it's also in this kind of what we do, it is ideal to be able to kind of back up what you're saying, right? We don't want to – oh, man, we love this bet, and then we don't bet it. Just know, Donnie and I are not betting Creighton-Princeton tonight because we can't, and it's annoying. (laughs) I've now made that rant every single time Princeton has been mentioned, and I hope I don't have to do it again because they're supposed to lose here tonight. And if we get to an Elite Eight game that we can't wager on, that'll be very frustrating. DRS, it's a double-digit line here. Creighton by 10.5. 140 and a hook is your over-under. What do you think?
4: Yeah, here's the equivalent of the game we're matching up with Princeton and Creighton, right? Let's take it back into my day, Kevin. Early 2000s, you get a video game here. Maybe it's a college football game. Everybody just has numbers on their jerseys, but every other team, if you pick, they actually have the real players and the player pictures. That's what it feels like right now for Princeton and Creighton because we're operating in the spectrum of we can't bet it here. And also, when I go to the FanDuel Sportsbook at night, I like to use the FanDuel Sportsbook as my sort of sports calendar by saying, okay, what are the scores here? Because they update them fast, extremely fast, and in real time and this game just doesn't – forget about it, you can't battle on it. It doesn't even appear as if the game is being played. You we'll always get a chuckle out of that. Having said that, Princeton is a really good basketball team from the Ivy League. I understand, Kevin. I don't know how they knocked off Arizona. I really don't. Don't know how they knocked off Missouri. And it wasn't the Missouri game. It's like, hey, man, 57-56. So they took it to the Missouri Tigers out of the SEC. But sometimes that Cinderella shoe, eventually it reaches midnight and it's going to shatter. And I think it does here. If we're just reading lines, you're not getting a lot of respect for Princeton. Seemingly, they don't care that they beat Arizona, an ultra-talented team. They don't care that they washed Missouri out of the SEC. But I look at a team in Creighton that, again, the offensive footprint and the defensive footprint, both in the top 25, This should be a little bit too hard of a border to cross. Now, having said that, Kevin, if you're looking from a scoring perspective, I think Princeton can actually score against Creighton, and I know Creighton is going to be able to score against Princeton. Now, some of the factors that we look at typically, right, look, oh, how can they make the three-point shot? I'm not actually looking at that here. Both of these teams don't really foul all that much, but also, Kevin, more importantly, Creighton's defense, 356th in the nation at turning you over. Princeton's defense, 348th. So what does that equate to? You're not going to see that pressure defense that's forcing turnovers, which means more shots at the rim. Maybe an over is where we're looking to go. But for me, I'm going to say I'm reading lines. Minus 10, that's a strong line. I'm going to go with Creighton. I think that glass slipper finally breaks for the Princeton Tigers.
3: To then to get to the total, and I'm not very surprised to hear you say that some numbers indicate an over because the 140.5 number surprised me a bit. Now, I know it's, again, limited sample size. I got it, I got it, I got it. But the two Princeton games so far in the tournament, especially the opponent team totals, have been so, so far under the number. Yeah. And this is now the worst offense that Princeton will play in this tournament. And as far as Princeton going up against a team like Creighton on the defensive side of the basketball, here is your sample size for Princeton playing teams that are inside the top 51 on defense. The game against Arizona, three games against Yale. And and again, Creighton's far better than those teams. Princeton struggled offensively in those spots there. I would play the under tonight if I can bet this game. Admittedly, it's not my favorite thing in the world. Is that because I was frustrated the entire time I was breaking it down? Probably. Probably so. But that's what it is. We are going to get you the pick six. I do want to take a quick pit stop in the NBA, though. There's some big games tonight within the Western Conference standings. Plus, we got a very bizarre, well, okay, a very straightforward LeBron update, and then a very odd tweet from him that I still feel feel like I can often decipher what he's getting at, and I'm still struggling with. I'm going to read that again during the break and see if I can give you a clear answer on the other side
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: have you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play
3: Package right here on the early line. Eagles literally, as we're coming in, just gave an extension to Lane Johnson, which is nice to see because Lane Johnson is also kind of, not as much as Jason Kelsey, but a part of the will-I-won't-I retirement crew, so hopefully that knocks that out. We've got to get you the pick six in college basketball, but we want to stop at the NBA quickly. Here's what happened with LeBron James yesterday. All the top reporters, all of them, Woj, Shams, Chris Haynes, offered up the same report that the goal is for LeBron to be back in the final week of the regular season. That's the target. It's not official. They didn't give a date. They didn't give a game. But that's the target. And again, I think it's important to note that that came from all of them. LeBron then tweeted shortly after, there wasn't an evaluation today and there hasn't been any target date for my return. I'm just working around the clock every day, three times a day, to give myself the best chance of coming back at full strength whenever that is. Then he writes... God bless you all sources. I speak for myself. Here is why I am so puzzled by that Donnie. LeBron I should I think would at this point know the game. The sources that would have leaked out that LeBron return are, are, are the Lakers. Like that there is no benefit there to sending that out if it is untrue. That I mean unless the you know the Lakers the Lakers organization did that, and LeBron was blindsided. But when you write, God bless y'all sources, it is essentially saying, I mean, come on, where'd you even hear that? To help out my man, he, they heard that from the people in the building working out with you that are evaluating your progress here. So it, I don't, the reason I bring up the LeBron tweet is it almost put a little bit of a dampen on the idea that, oh, he'll be back in that final week. Because it didn't come off that LeBron was basically saying, oh, I'll be back. Way sooner than that. An odd one here. But if you take everything for where it stands, LeBron should be playing at minimum by the time the Lakers would be in a play-in or playoff basketball game, and that's really all that matters.
4: Like, are the Lakers mad at LeBron James at this point? Is he not rehabbing the way he should? Was there an original timeline for that to be the case? And they figured they would put one of those, you know, shots across the bow at LeBron. Like, hey, yeah, he'll be back because he's wearing. No, 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 no. But, or you could take it this way, which I like to take it. You know, let me put a little drama out there. Put some respect on my name because if I come back, it's because I'm a warrior and my leg hurts. Uh, Anybody else would have just hung it up for the rest of the season. I'm rehabbing as hard as I can because of how devastating this injury is. And when I come back in my first game and drop 30 points, give me all my flowers because of how dominant I am and certainly strong-minded here. That's the way I like to take it. But having said that, Kevin, I don't believe either side at this point. LeBron James will be back sooner than later, but it's interesting where LeBron James didn't even use his sources going, okay, let me pick up the phone and hit uh, Chris B. Haynes. Hey, Chris, by the way, this report that came out, I'm a little bit behind the needle right here, so... Can you just put that feed out there that says, hey, LeBron just spoke to somebody, LeBron James' camp, and he figures he'll be back sometime around that time frame? Just not exactly. It's interesting that you're playing a PR game, you're right, Kevin, against the Lakers themselves. Nobody from the Brooklyn Nets reported that as an assistant GM that goes, here's what I heard around the NBA, put that out. That's not happening. That came from the Lakers where somebody reached out, hey, by the way, the biggest superstar in the game. When do you think he's coming back? Hey, man, everything looks good. We should have him back, no doubt, in the next couple weeks. And LeBron James feels Mm -hmm. like he actually wants to control the narrative, not the
3: actual Lakers team doing it. But that's, again, my point here is, like I just genuinely am unsure if he's aware that that is full Lakers reporting. That's why I keep talking about the fact that everybody had it. Because Haynes does get a lot of LeBron-centric stuff, right? And then Shams will get some of it, and Woj doesn't really. But they all had the same exact report at the same exact time. It's very odd. Look, they play an important game tonight against Oklahoma City Thunder. They did get some help yesterday, they being the Lakers, from the Los Angeles Clippers in knocking the Thunder down. Right now, 37 losses. Every single team in the play-in range of 7-12 to has 37 losses. Every single one of them. That's how tight things are right now. The Lakers, though, get a really nice schedule spot because they play the Thunder on the second leg of a back-to-back. Now, it's not travel, but it's obviously just normal fatigue. And also, as people like to talk about, i mean, a little thirsty Thursday out in L.A. How ready are people to go out there and play against the Lakers if you're the Oklahoma City Thunder? It's a six-point line that totals 233. The biggest thing for me, though, is if the Thunder actually play Shea Gilgis-Alexander in this game, that does confirm they'd like to make the play-in. But I will not be surprised if this line closes, Lakers minus 10, because SGA all of a sudden ended up getting sent back to Oklahoma City.
4: Yeah, here, here's the – exactly. Here's my ruling on this, right? Because I talked about and even why I took OKC the two games previous there against the Clippers and I actually won the game outright getting seven and a half points because I said to myself, Sam Presti I know is a maniac here and he doesn't want his team to make the playoffs. He just wants to keep accumulating picks. But sooner or later you realize going, I tried to tank this year and my team actually has talent and overcame my own tanking. You know what? If they want to make the playoffs, let's go. Maybe it's beneficial for the future where some of these guys get a taste of the playoffs and when we're actually trying to win, they've been there before. But waking up now, as you see Sam Presti on the West Coast, get that glass of orange juice, open up the paper, and see the standings. He goes, huh, we're actually not in the top 10 right now. This is exactly where I want to be. (laughs) SGA, yeah, you're headed back on the G5 to OKC because I heard you hung out with a guy who might have had COVID. That's 10 days for you. Get lost at this point. I don't want to see that happen because even though full gas or not tonight for OKC, I like the Lakers at home. I've continued to like them. I think they win in cover tonight. I do. But OKC, if you're watching this right now, don't do this. Play out the string. Let the chips fall. If you're not good enough to make it in the playoffs, so be it. But don't throw in the towel where you said, I gave the guys a chance, at Kevin. We were in the playing round. Now we're not. So let's just go ahead and tank the final 10 games. Don't do that, OKC. Play out the string. Let's see what happens.
3: The ultimate Thunder tank would be resting SGA in the play-in round. The last time SGA, by the way, did play a second leg of a back-to-back, at the Lakers, the night LeBron broke the record, and he dropped 30, spoiling the game as the Thunder did win outright. We'll see how this lines up here tonight. Uh, The big game on the slate is probably Golden State and Philly. Golden State's a a five-and-a-half point favorite at home. I feel like that suggests there has to be absences for Philly. It does, because if Philly played Golden State in Philly, the the Sixers would be at least a five-point favorite. We don't swing 10 points for home court advantage. Even if you basically should, because that's who the Warriors are, that is not usually how pricing works. I'm uncertain here on whether this is going to be a Joel Embiid performance or not, or maybe somebody else from Philly is missing in this game. You know know
4: what's really interesting about this too, Kevin? Let's play this forward for the weekend because we've been talking about this set coming up for the Sixers for quite some time. We knew it was going to be Golden Mm -hmm. State, back-to-back with Phoenix, day off, still on the road, but then going to Denver and play. How about this? The Sixers are playing tonight, and you're right. They're five-and-a-half-point underdogs. Is it better business to rest James Harden, who missed the last game, and Joel Embiid? Now, hear me out on this and say, we'll take the loss at Golden State, but then we're going to play Joel Embiid and James Harden on Saturday night and Monday. But here's the reason why I think it might make some sense. There's no guarantee if you go full gas, you're beating the Golden State Warriors in their own building, Mm -hmm. right? But also, take a look here. Suns and the Kings tonight. What happens if the Suns go full go tonight? And the Suns decide yep. to rest players when they get home, and the Sixers go full gas. Because you're looking from a Sixers perspective, what's the worst case scenario? You go 0 and 3. You can't have that. You want to go at least 1 and 2. And I'm not saying like even if all three of those guys play, or excuse me, the two top guys from the Sixers played all three games, no guarantee they're going 3 and 0 or even 2 and 1. A great business decision might be how do the Phoenix Suns actually play this tonight? Because if you look at the tip times, Kevin, 10 o'clock for the Sixers game. 10 yeah. o'clock for the Suns game, you'll know who's playing, and maybe you just take a business approach. Suns are going full gas tonight, which means they might not tomorrow night. Let's play those
3: odds. Uh, no, I like that. Even if the Suns do go full go, it, and then they try and run it back tomorrow, well, who you still have the advantage, right? And cool. even if, by, by the way, Phoenix, if they say they, they punt tonight's game, which I don't think they would, but I get your point. No. You're still better off trying to play Phoenix than Golden State at this point right now. Aiden's missing games. We know Kevin Durant is not going to be playing. So I, I think all that lines up. Let's rip through a pick six here for the people. Same as yesterday. You know the deal. It's an underdog. It's a favorite. It's an over. It's an under. And it's a pair of props here. Yesterday, we had some success. We're looking for more success here on a Friday to close out that Sweet 16 action DRS running through for the people.
4: Yep, I'll keep it quick here. Last Thursday, I went 5-1. and one. Last Friday, I went 1-5. and five. Yesterday, I went 4-2. and two. Let's not go 2-4 and four tonight. So I'm expecting a big effort here. Let's keep it quick. Miami, I'm going to take the points. Plus 7.5 here, I think it makes some sense. Houston's a great ball club. I think they win, but Miami stays within the number. Creighton, I'm taking them at minus 10. The glass slipper, as I said for Princeton, is going to shatter sooner or later. Hey, if Princeton rolls through here and knocks off Creighton, more power to him. But I can't bet it, so for the people out there i hope you bet this and win with a creighton ticket at minus 10. san diego state here team total over 64 and a half it's an interesting one because you're going up against an elite team with alabama but at the same time a tempo team with alabama san diego state's not going to control the tempo alabama is which means more points they'll get 65 or more Xavier, team total under 72-and-a-half, which is a tough one, similar to what I had in Gonzaga last night, which lost. I do believe the defense is going to show up today for Texas. That game's going to stay under. Prop bets here, points bets, both of the over, both the same number. Jamal Shedd, 13-and-a-half points to the over. I think he has a big performance for Houston. And then Serge Jabari Rice, over 13-and-a-half points tonight, cashing tickets at least a 4-and-2 tonight. Once again for me, K-Dub, what do you got?
3: Fantastic stuff there for me. The underdog is Xavier plus four and a half. Uh, they have been very good as dogs, covering seventy percent of those games. You and I m- maybe disagreeing a little bit here on what uh, Xavier will be able to do offensively, but they performed well against uh, against elite defenses in college basketball. The favorite for me is Alabama minus seven and a half. I know a lot of people respect this San Diego State team, but in their common games against teams like Alabama, which by the there really aren't any of. But they struggled against elite offenses. They struggled against elite defenses. Bama's both of them. I think Bama's the side lane, seven and a half. The over for me is that Miami team total at 65 and a half. Five games against teams that are inside the top 25 in defensive efficiency, all five times they went for 66 plus the under is Creighton Princeton at 140 and a half Enjoy if you're not in Jersey the props Jordan Miller one plus made three point shot Miller when he plays elite defenses with Miami going up against Houston really just fires away from beyond the arc of course a light asking price just needing one of those to find the bottom of the net and then Tyrese Hunter under 10 and a half to Texas guard has struggled against defenses that profile similarly here to what Xavier will be bringing to the table in that matchup averaging about six points per game against teams in this same ballpark here so under 10 and a half is the play for me that's a rapid fire pick six there DRS.
4: Yeah, we got through it. That's the way we do it. Efficient and also profitable is what we anticipate. And also, Kevin, looking forward to the weekend. The Elite Eight is on deck. I'm cheering mm. on a few profits here and obviously some futures. So I'm looking forward to an exciting weekend overall.
3: And to that point, of course, two of the Elite Eight games are set. Lines already out for those. Kansas State is a two-and-a-half-point favorite over Florida Atlantic. Bigger total there, 144-and-a-half. And, and then a really big total in Gonzaga and UConn, 153 so- and a half. It is UConn who was favored in that basketball game at a one-and-a-half-point spread. Do I need to complain one more time that they had no business being a four-seed mm. in any region?
4: No, but do you have any TikToks that will be hitting the
3: airwaves a little bit later today? That's maybe, what you just want to know. Renegade, renegade. I maybe, mean, people love the TikTok. Mm. People wonder when you're going to get on the TikTok there, DRS. We know you're hiding moves. You're holding back for the Gosh. people. How do you You have a burner account out there right now? Firing away. You just don't know. Well, yeah, you use the burner account for other things, so let's be honest here. Listen up. We close out the
0: week.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
5: Remax agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
2: Um.
4: Final segment of the week. Say it ain't so here for the Early Line Serious XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network. It's Donnie and Kevin, as always, 7 to 9 a.m., setting the table for your Sports Grid Day. Right behind us, guess what? TMA and Ben Stevens. Make sure you keep it locked right here on Series 6M Channel 159 for all of the goods. And my goodness, the goods were all over the place today. A sensational night in the Sweet 16, regardless if you cash your tickets. Of course, we hope that you made a lot of money on those games. But for viewing purposes, they were phenomenal. And we're expecting much more of the same tonight. Yesterday, we talked about a big-time Phillies injury and in Reese Hoskins. Tearing up his ACL. We'll miss the season. We'll see how the Phillies get through that process by adding another player. Just bringing up somebody from the minor league system. The NFL certainly still cooking here. Pro days, as we joked to start the show. At least I did. Will Levis going to get a look out on the field here today to see if he can improve his draft stock. The NBA, as we just talked about, the Western Conference is a mess, including the play-in rounds and who's going to secure one of those bids into the playoffs. But I got to talk about something which I love from a content perspective. Lamar Jackson just constantly feeds us a buffet of information with talking about absolutely nothing. Listen up. Lamar Jackson has introduced us to Ken Francis, but has Ken Francis introduced himself to actual NFL teams as a side agent for Lamar Jackson? How about yesterday the way it played out here? The NFLPA and I guess the NFL combined said, hey, be wary of this. There's a guy calling NFL teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson and possibly trying to negotiate. A few moments later, Lamar Jackson jumps on Twitter and says, man, stop lying. So immediately we laugh and joke like just some rogue guy is calling NFL teams saying he's a part agent, I guess, for Lamar Jackson only for minutes later to read that a new home gym is being released right now with Lamar Jackson and Ken Francis. I don't know what is going on at this point with Lamar Jackson, but my goodness, I really wish we would get some clarity sooner than later. But you know what we're going to do next? Wait for TMA coming up with Ben Steven. Sports Grid, the place to be for the Sweet Sixteen.